Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you can be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found. And of course, taped live at the Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Steve and Larson. It is the morning after WrestleMania. I know a lot of people out there are probably exhausted from the week, uh, but there's Larson, you are confirmed. Yeah, man. Exhausted. I did not want to get out of bed this morning. I oh, didn't wow. want to get up. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I felt okay getting out of bed this morning. Had some coffee. Feeling pretty good. You know, maybe my tune will change once, I'm, once I've got three hours of Raw tonight. But I'm actually kind of looking forward to see what directions are taken. Yeah, yeah. It could be great. Could be. Uh, I mean, there's nothing announced so far. So, I mean, at the very least, this week, we've got a bit of a new status quo with a new women's champion. We've got new... New uh, Raw tag champions, uh, Bob Lashley still champion, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So very you know, cool. we, we've got some we've got some stuff that might be of interest, but it's raw. It's raw. You never it's know. Still raw. They're never probably know. still they're probably just getting around to writing it right now. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> right. Everybody's pulling up to the new home of the Thunderdome, putting pen to paper without a doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, anyways. Did I actually just draw my face? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I did, Alex. You got I me. I didn't see anything. <laughs> I went like this. Alex Sorry, one time I stretched yeah. like this, and I, I penciled my hand, and I accidentally wrote on this <laughs> curtain over here. Still what there, you can mess. see it right here. Is my refrigerator open right now? <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, uh, you know what? A uh, lot going on this past week. But uh, nothing bigger than the forbidden door being open between AEW and WWE. You're be so concerned. You're gonna be so concerned about having a, a, a red, uh, red ink on your face this whole show. Uh, it's, it's just the accoutrements are red. The uh, the actual ink is is blue. Oh, all right. Let's see. Well, what, so we had a broken skull sessions. Yeah, with, uh, with Chris Jericho. So of course everybody's well, like, AEW oh. superstar Chris oh. Jericho. Oh, is he going to talk about AEW? Yeah, he talked about AEW quite a bit, actually. Talked a lot yeah, about I'm AEW. Happy. I'm happy they, they kind of got it out of the way immediately rather than, mm-hmm. hey, there's this elephant in the room over the course of the whole conversation. If they just yeah. started the whole thing with, so 
with Stone Cold. Chris, tell me how you got started and then preface that with 10 to 15 minutes of AEW and New Japan talk and have been like, all right, they're obviously avoiding it. You know, that would have been the concern. And then you're just waiting there the whole time. Let's say what Jericho said wasn't interesting. I thought it was, it was as someone who hasn't, I might have read his first book, I don't recall, but hasn't read all his books. And maybe, you know, he like the, the, the story about him winning the Undisputed Championship from Stone Cold and the Rock. I've heard that story at least like five times. Um, so that's nothing new. So I'm guessing if you're familiar with Jericho's uh, 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 bibliography, yeah. his written work, this might all be, you know, uh, in terms of his WB run, ground that's been explored by him. Someone who hasn't read yeah. all of his, his work. Yeah, um, there I wasn't found it interesting. A- there wasn't a whole lot that was new that because like you said, you know, he's been a pretty open book. He's literally written five. Is, is this going to be the fifth one? Books? Is this going to be the fifth one? He has a lot number out there. Yeah. He has a lot covers his basically his whole career. Um, but uh, but yeah, as somebody who hasn't read all of his books, as somebody who hasn't listened to every episode of his podcast, uh, mm-hmm. there was some stuff in there that was just interesting. Uh, to hear him talk about. None of it was particularly shocking. I thought probably the most interesting thing for me was when he talked about uh, his uh, uh, rivalry with Kevin Owens, Festival of Friendship, heading into WrestleMania 33, uh, and how he sort of viewed that as like, okay, you know, they had they had the hottest angle at the time. Everybody loved it, but of course Vince didn't consider it the A story because that was Brock Lesnar and then Goldberg, and uh, and Kevin Owens had had that Universal Championship. It seemed natural to to have that go, you know, uh, him versus Jericho. Instead, they changed plans, and uh, and at that point, Jericho was like, "Yeah, I I don't think I want to do this anymore. I'm going to be stuck doing this list stuff forever." Well, he also said it wasn't so much that they got bumped out of the main event; it's because it's because it was the top story, and they got bumped to the second match of the card. Second match of the card. And it's yeah, like yeah. if I, if we're not on last, put us on first. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they, you know he felt they had he that was the best story going, mm-hmm. uh, going mm-hmm. into Mania, and yeah. and to not put that at least in a prominent position mm-hmm. on the Mania card, it seemed like he felt was a slap in the face. Yeah, I remember uh, you and I both talking pretty extensively about uh, about that at the time, and I know I remember we both felt like it, it really should have been them, but you could see the writing on the wall back then. You know, it was like, well, it's 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 Brock. And then, you know, obviously Goldberg, it's like, that's just what they're going to do. They feel like, you know, you got to add all sorts of stakes that really don't need to be involved, like the title uh, Mm -hmm. for that. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was kind of interesting. I mean, it's funny, dude, you go back and and you look at AEW and of course he says in here, like they always say, well, we don't consider them WWE. He doesn't consider it a rivalry competition. Yeah. Uh, When, I mean, clearly. You know, if you want to succeed to the most of your, you know, I, I, I think Jericho genuinely thinks that having more wrestling companies, I don't think anybody wants to put WWE out of business. Um, but, you know, they obviously want to succeed and be number one. Why wouldn't you want to be number one? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that should be everybody's goal to be number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it was interesting to hear him talk about, uh, you know, how AEW came to be, how it was like the perfect storm of, you know, uh, as he said, Tony Khan passion finances uh uh you know tv deals that they were sniffing around he was like you know you really need to be on 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 network tv he calls it like cable tv um and then you know him household name other contracts coming up like mox uh and then these guys here in new japan cody who people knew but it, it's interesting to go back and hear his perspective in terms of okay 
when he got dis, you know, sort of disenchanted with WWE. And then you also know that, for example, you know, like Cody, you, you know, when he was disenchanted with WWE and what mm-hmm. happened with mm-hmm. that. And uh, and even when it comes to the Young Bucks, you know, when you look at some of the things that WWE does creatively and it gives some wrestlers pause, well, we'd rather if, if the offer is open to, to do our own company, we'd rather do that, which is a much bigger yeah. risk than to go along with the WWE when creatively speaking, it's just not up their alley. And it is kind of interesting to see if WWE had approached things in a different way creatively with their wrestlers, maybe AEW never would have happened. That's entirely possible. I mean, one thing that Jericho mentions when uh, going over to New Japan to Wrestle Omega, Wrestle Kingdom a couple years back, a few years back, where, you know, they're going over ideas and then Jericho asks him, uh, you know, who do we have to clear this all with? And, And apparently Kenny's like, clear, we don't have to clear anything. We just go out there and do it. And that seemed to kind of light a spark under Jericho. Mm-hmm. You know, he, 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 I think, believe he said something to the extent of, I knew then that my instincts were right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I assume he means from the creative aspect because he talks about the festival of friendship that he had it all worked out with Vince. And then at the day of that Raw, Vince wasn't there. And whoever was in charge of that Triple day H. were trying mm-hmm. to change everything. Triple H. And could be. And he was like, no, this has already been worked out. I think he's out. alluded to it a bit more directly that it was triple h oh, yeah. well that's that's what i read on on internet uh, uh when i was uh, sort of you know getting some recap notes about this um that yeah he's alluded to it being triple h in the, hmm. in the past which is kind interesting. of interesting interesting yeah. so he's so you know he, he was like no 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 this has been worked out it's been discussed it's been decided we're doing it this way and he the way he puts it he had to text vince get the response and show it to whoever's running the show uh, that day and and got the green light to do it as planned and then you know afterwards everybody said came up to him and said nope that was a way to do it mm-hmm. um and throughout the the one through line throughout the whole episode is Jericho's penchant for reinvention mm-hmm. and the creative process that led to each new iteration of the character like I had no idea that he studied at the groundlings he took acting lessons from the dude who played Marvin Nash and Reservoir Dogs I didn't know that mm-hmm. what he what he gathered from that and what, you know, and that kind of immediately leading to uh, that program he had with Shawn Michaels um, where he's wearing the suits and doing the, the, you know, talking real slow and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, like such a, 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 a dramatic alteration of the Chris Jericho character from doing the Y2J thing for six, seven, eight years, you know, mm-hmm. various versions of it, but more or less the same character. Yeah. Um, and to come out and completely reinvent himself the first of many times he's done it. And now it just seems like, all right, one thing that seems he, 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 he relates it to work in the territories where you work a territory for a year or two, you do your run there and you go to another territory because you'll go there and you'll be new, you'll be fresh and, and you can just kind of, you know, keep yourself hot by going from territory to territory and never overstaying your welcome in one spot. Yeah. And it seems like not only in terms of where he's wrestling, but the character he's portraying, that's kind of his attitude. He yeah. kind of has a sense of, all right, this has run its course. Time to move on. Uh, yeah, he's pretty darn I, good at that, especially these days. I'm checking to see if this is on uh, Peacock at this point, but his documentary with uh, WE is mm-hmm. honestly one of the best ones because yeah. his, you know, say what you will about him, you know, and his, and his views and thoughts outside of wrestling in the world of wrestling, 
he is an incredibly smart person. Um, yes, and, yes. and the documentary he talks about, you know, he, he lists each territory that he went into and what he got out of that territory. Like one specifically was, you know, this is where I learned to cut a promo. This is what I learned. Uh, you know, this is where I learned uh, uh, ring psychology, you know, more than any other place. And he talked about his early career going from each territory. And he and he talks about what he learned from each one. It really is. I mean, I, Peacock's search. Yeah. You type in Chris Jericho to search there and it says no results were found. Um, so, I mean, I have, I have no idea if it's if it's available anywhere beyond like, you know, I mean, maybe it'll be on the international network still. Uh mm-hmm. Are we doing? Uh, do we have a? Oh yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah, expressvpn.com slash gir. If you're in the United States and you're kind of interested in the international network, want to see if that Jericho uh, documentary is up there. Right. Um, deal. No, there's there's a lot of great stuff. As you mentioned, as a wrestling mind, he he's he's pretty high up on the list in terms of of guys who understand the art of storytelling within, you know, the the confines of professional wrestling. Yeah. You know, working with the tropes. Of professional wrestling, uh, 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 you know, going against the tropes for the desired effect, uh, drawing in references from film, mm-hmm. most famously, probably Anton Shagir, mm-hmm. No Country for Old Men, when doing, you know, when he's wearing the suits and talking real slow. Uh, he talked several times about gathering inspiration from various uh, uh, musicians, mm-hmm, yeah. Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, um, Jack, several others. And, yeah, in terms of, of of you know taking bits and pieces of, of what he's seen throughout his life and incorporating it into his character, um, and you know like they, they ran a bit of the uh, that, that skit backstage in WCW, whereas you know the the Spinal Tap bit where they're lost backstage, you know he just does that. Mm-hmm. It's still funny. Mm-hmm. It's a funny bit. Yeah, it is. It totally is. Um, he talked about being the guy that people comes to for advice now, and in, in uh, uh, I debut. Uh, you know, like he's the Vince guy now where people are, you know, uh, waiting for hours on end to get advice from mm-hmm. him. Talked about wrestling uh, without fans there. Uh, you know, Orange Cassidy asked him about a, a selling a particular move. And he's like, I don't know. I can't really tell what the fans not there. <laughs> yeah. You like how, how they rely on, on the crowd reaction for so much. Um, you know, that's, that, that was, you know, obviously the, we all experienced it, the sort of surreal having fans back and understanding it's been a year, you know, where do we stand with the fans? Where does the WWE stand with the fans? Where do these characters stand with the fans? Who's going to get the pops? Who's going to get the booze? You know, oh, is Roman going to get cheered because he's Roman still? No, they were booing the crap out of him. Uh, uh, Edge with probably the biggest entrance pop of the night. Oh, yeah. Um, you oh, know. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was, and then you know, I mean, watching uh, the emotion of you know the night one main event when the crowd uh, was was actually pretty split, but you know, just the emotion that was all over Bianca's face, which was mm-hmm. such a great moment. It really um, was. It really was. But no, it, it's just interesting to hear him talk about that stuff as well. Yeah, it's 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 a two hour interview and it flies by. Mm-hmm, yeah, because Jericho is he has a great memory. Mm-hmm. For dates, places, people who were there, mm-hmm. uh, and that's probably helped by the fact that he's written down notes on every match he's ever had, mm-hmm. including like how much he was, like what his payout was. He had his own star system. He set off. He still does that, but at least at one point, still has a, he had a star system for his own mm-hmm. matches. Yeah. Um, and the level of detail that he have offers up for a lot of these stories is pretty damn impressive. 
for things that happened 20 years ago, if not more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's really entertaining. Listen, music. One of the reasons Jericho has been so wildly successful because he's a really charismatic guy. He he's is very, yeah, he's very charismatic. Uh, he's an excellent storyteller, just an excellent mm-hmm. storyteller. And like you said, you know, having writing everything down and, and, and I imagine, you know, writing all these books, which chronicles all this stuff, um, having as many interviews as he has had, uh, you know, it, it probably helps the memory quite a bit, you know, recalling yeah. this stuff. Um, yep. yep. So, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, uh, worth it to check it out. Definitely. Definitely is. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done. Well, I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, let's get into this. Uh, Some sort of post-WrestleMania stuff uh, in the news. Bob Lashley. Uh, during a recent appearance on Ryan Satin's Out of Character podcast, uh, the WWE champion spoke about the breakup of the Hurt Business. I know something that we're all hurting over, Larson, being big, big fans Got of the faction right, and what the future may hold for the faction. These transcripts come to you via our friends over at Fightful. He said this, It hurt my heart to tell you the truth. It was something very special. In the wrestling business, it's very seldom that really special things come together and you see so many people get behind it. Ultimately, business is business. Originally, the Hurt Business was started by MVP and myself. We brought people on that deserved a chance. They took it and ran with it, but the Hurt Business is not over. We're just making some adjustments. In the next few weeks, we'll see how those adjustments pan out. Uh, Fightful, of course, had previously reported that Vince pushed for the split despite protests from Lashley and MVP. Do you think there's any chance, any chance whatsoever that uh, uh, we'll get Shelton and Cedric back in the fold? Or do you think they're going to go recruiting uh, elsewhere? I mean, the story, if, if the story at all is going to make sense, it would have to be the latter. It would have to be Lashley MVP recruiting new members. Mm-hmm. Because if in a matter of four weeks, we go from a pretty definitive split where Cedric and Shelton are kicked out of Hurt Business, only for them to be welcomed back in. Mm-hmm. It's going to seem really strange. It's going to be tough to to put the pieces together logically for the, uh, that to feel satisfying other than we like this faction. We want to see them back together. Now, if they want to rely on our, our uh, people's sentiments uh, to that regard in terms of kind of smoothing over whatever uh, uh, illogical story beats they, they conjure up to, to motivate it, it wouldn't be the first time this happened. But from from a fan's perspective... 
would you be opposed to them using the thinnest of logic as long as you got what you wanted the hurt business back together well or or or, or were, are you like no i don't want to see them back together unless they give me a really good story reason because i'm like i'm like you know what i don't care just put them back together <laughs> You know what? Because it's, It's, for one thing, it's wrestling. Like, that shit happens all the time. It does. It totally does. Not to, that doesn't necessarily excuse it, but yes, it does happen all the time. Um, Either or situation, Larson. Either or situation. No, because, because what is, if, if they just kind of say, all right, you're back together now, and it's like the thinnest motivation, and despite the fact that I'd be happy to see it because I thought the Hurt Business was phenomenal together as it was constituted, Mm -hmm. um, it's going to just put a, a, a spotlight. And why they broke up in the first place anyways. Mm-hmm. That didn't make a whole lot of sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, did did Lashley going out there at WrestleMania without Cedric and, and Shelton enhance the story leading to Mania or at Mania whatsoever? It didn't in my mind. If anything, I think if, if like, uh, Cedric and Shelton, they didn't need to interfere, I don't think, in the Mania match. I think what MVP did was enough. But you could have had Cedric and Shelton out there, just there, Mm-hmm. And then when Bobby wins, having the four of them in the ring celebrate together. I know. That's I know. that's an awesome moment. It's an awesome moment. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I it was know. it was the weirdest thing that just like at the last minute they needed him to be, you know, extra heelish. Um, I mean, good on Vince for, you know, because I thought, you know, obviously we've been pretty open about us being both pretty bad at predictions. Me, you and the enforcer were all pretty bad. Uh but uh but yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I I for me it's like you could you can give me a little bit of, uh, you know, hey, it was the heat of the moment. It was WrestleMania season. Uh, all is forgiven. If they do something, if they did something to get back in his good graces, if maybe tonight there is a number one contender match, and Drew was in that match, it's like Drew and uh, Riddle. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, they did yeah, a mini yeah. mini uh, uh, tournament or something like that. Yeah, they and have like two matches kick off the show, and the winners of those match face at the end of the show, something like and that. And yeah, Shelton yeah. and Cedric, just of their own volition, came in and interfered and made sure Drew didn't win it, and that's how they got back in his good graces. Yeah, but still, then it's like just on 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 Friday on SmackDown, Cedric was in the Andre Battle Royal with huge pieces of tape over the Hurt Business logo during during that match. But he was still wearing the Hurt Business outfit. He had just a piece of tape on it, which is temporary. Well, two, two. Well, an X, yeah. And yeah. and look at what happened. He's like, oh, crap. A, we're in the Andre. B, we got eliminated pretty quickly. We need to get back in. We need to get back in. Yeah, but they got races. eliminated by the rest of the field. They got eliminated by the rest of the field. It wasn't like they got eliminated like a couple of chumps. No, they got eliminated by like but, 20 other people. But do you see my point? It's like they're not bulletproof anymore. If you're part of that big faction, maybe people won't mess with you. You know, I understand that, but that, but still, that's it's like two weeks removed. Just like if there's it. a lo- a larger sample size, do it. I don't know, man. It's <laughs> gonna really, it's gonna really strain credibility from a creative standpoint if they're like, all right, you're back together now. I want to know what the friendos have to think about that. Uh, yes, let, let us, us know, know in the comments. Please. In the comments please. below, uh, let's let's move on to Sheamus. Despite being a reg- regular best bout machine on Raw of late, uh, Sheamus. Hasn't exactly been winning many of those matches, so it came, at least to us, a bit of a surprise that he bested Riddle at WrestleMania for that U.S. title. Now, according to the Wrestling Observer himself, Dave Meltzer, the reason that Sheamus won last night is because these transcripts are from WrestleTalk. Quote, Riddle was never supposed to be champion. 
They had to do it because Keith Lee was supposed to win for whatever reason. Uh, oh, sorry, for whatever the reason was pulled. They had to get the belt off Lashley because they were giving him the WWE title. It was one of those situations. They couldn't give it to Morrison because Morrison was in the Bad Bunny angle. Riddle got the belt because there's no other choices. So this rectifies it. So you would assume now that Sheamus has it, whenever Keith Lee is cleared to return, that's going to be the story going forward for the two of them. You would think that would be the case. I hope that Riddle made a really good case for himself. I mean, it, yeah. he he made he made a legit United States champion. You know, um, I hope that Vince. I hope, and he shouldn't, but I hope that Vince doesn't see Riddle like he did Otis a year ago. You know, like oh, I just see him as comedic value because obviously what he can do in the ring is outstanding. Yeah, I know is absolutely know. outstanding. Um, yeah. so, you know, I hope, man, I hope that Riddle made a good case for himself here. I, I think, you know, in my eyes he did. Um, and, and I like to see, I'd like to see, you know, uh, bigger things for Riddle because I think he's proven himself out, uh, as far as Seamus having it, you know, man, if anybody was to take it off Riddle, I, I I'm happy it's Seamus because, uh, mm-hmm. that dude has been proving no, himself. He has been wrestling like crazy all year. It's Absolutely, been over the last yeah. year. It's been insane. He's putting 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 on incredible match after incredible match, and and for all the hard work he's put in, um, definitely deserved. Definitely mm-hmm. deserved. Yeah, um, yeah. Curious to see if we get uh, if we get Keith Lee tonight. I mean, I it's hard to understand. You know, just from the sort of cryptic messages he's had on. You know, I think he had something on his Twitter like, "Hey, I miss you guys." <laughs> you know, little things mm-hmm. like that where it's like well, you're you looking between every. There was a clip uh, of I think the the new day entering the stadium before mm-hmm. day one, and right behind them, walking to the the venue, was Keith Lee and me and him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. No, and you know, I think they was in the building. I think they posted a picture of them next to the uh, WrestleMania thing. So yeah, everybody okay. was everybody was there. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it was the kind. Of, I don't know. It's it's you know if it was something personal, you know, you, you don't really want to speculate on that. Uh, but, uh, hopefully whatever the issue would have been, because sometimes like in the case of Charlotte, like if whatever Andrade was talking about with like her being told that she might've been pregnant like that, that small amount of time it took to figure that out, eliminated her from WrestleMania seemingly, if mm-hmm. that's to be believed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, hopefully whatever it is with Keith Lee, uh, it's been sorted out because I miss Keith Lee. I want to see him on TV. Again. Same, yeah. same. Yeah. While we're on the topic of Raw, uh, it doesn't look like we'll have a Raw preview in time before we end the show, but uh, over the weekend, Wrestling Inc. reported that Raw was set to undergo some pretty huge changes behind the commentary booth, out Tom Phillips, and in former ESPN host Adnan Verk, uh, and then Matt Man podcast Andrew uh, Zarian subsequently confirmed uh, that Verk was joining the commentary team. He was going to be joined by Byron Saxton and Corey Graves. Today, WB officially announced Verk's arrival and confirmed that he'd be joined by Graves and Saxton. WB noted in their uh, announcement that Tom Phillips will be taking over announcing duties on 205 Live and that Samoa Joe, quote, quote, remains part of the WWE talent roster. Okay, so hopefully that means Samoa Joe is going to be wrestling again. Number one. That would be great. No new, so nothing here on SmackDown, huh? No. No. We don't know if Corey is is doing both shows, moving over to Raw, someone's replacing him on SmackDown. Uh, I really like Graves and and Cole on SmackDown just as a two-man team. Sometimes they make each other laugh. 
Corey Graves and Saxton have always had good chemistry too. They've always had really good chemistry. Yeah, so it's good to see them back together. Uh, yeah, it's going to be weird because, like, you know, I, uh, you're probably more familiar with Adnan Verk than I am, but I went and I looked, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, okay, so this guy's like a professional. He's like from ESPN and stuff, not just some chump. Yeah, he used, he used uh, to do a lot of stuff with ESPN. That's where I remember him from. So I looked at, I looked it up at some stuff, and it's going to be like, yeah, like a sports, like a real sports guy again. <laughs> and that's, mm-hmm. it's always trippy to hear that stuff. Uh, like it was trippy when Morrow was doing SmackDown. It was like, oh man, it's like a real fight guy, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's cool. I wonder if he's gonna. I wonder. I wonder if like if there's like what the. I wonder if there's any sort. Of, I mean, look. It's not like this guy would need an audition necessarily. I wonder if there's any sort of like, hey, let's test out. You know, let's test you out and see what you're like with wrestling, and or Vince in your ear the I whole think time. That's the thing. I think there's two things. Is is calling, because uh, I don't know if Verk did play by play at all. I know of him through his appearances on like Sports Center and on ESPN Radio. Yeah. So doing sports analysis, it's different than doing play by play. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Then also it's the factor, yes, of someone in your ear telling you what to say. Mm-hmm. And I would hope for the sake of whoever's taken the 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 play by play role, they get plenty of reps in before assuming the job of having someone in your ear relating information to you like literally sentences you're supposed to be saying because that could be incredibly distracting when you're just out there trying to call the action in the ring. Yeah. yeah. I would think that that'd be a pretty massive learning curve potentially. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you'll know the difference between a blue thunder bomb and a, uh, Oh, Mishinoku driver. <laughs> Mishinoku driver. Yeah. Well, it's Michael Cole has been doing this for like 30 years. <laughs> Michael Cole, man, people give him so much shit. I like Michael Cole. As long look, man, as long as they don't turn him heel and put him in storylines, I'll be I'm happy with Michael yeah, Cole. I, I kinda I, I like him. I like him. I like him and Bailey's chemistry. I think they're funny. Uh yeah, two oh five live. I don't yeah. know what Tom Phillips did. <laughs> twice twice he's he was well, he was on SmackDown and then they they, they uh, sent him over to NXT. They UK shipped him off to the UK. Yeah. I always like him and him where he and was the, good. Where he was great. Yeah, I like Tom yeah. Phillips. I think he's fantastic. I don't know. I don't know what that deal is. They keep on just moving them around everywhere. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know, man. Vince is weird, dude. You got that right. Uh, like you said, no raw preview tonight uh, or right now for tonight. Um, let's just make one up, Larson. I'll go first. All What's right. next for WWE champion Bobby Lashley? That's good. That's good. With WrestleMania backlash on the horizon. Uh, who will be step up to challenge uh, the almighty for that WWE championship next? Yeah. Uh, 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 what's next for the fiend and Alexa bliss? Oh, that's good. Yeah. We saw, we saw uh, the goddess make her own transformation uh, at WWE WrestleMania. What is next uh, for her and the fiend? Uh, what's next for Rhea Ripley? Fresh off winning the WWE Women's Raw Champ Raw Champ Raw Women's Championship against the Empress of Tomorrow, who will step up to challenge Rhea Ripley tonight That's on good. Raw? USA. That's good. Uh, AJ Styles Amos Tag Team Title Celebration. AJ Styles celebrates becoming uh, the newest member of WWE Grand Slam Club, um, and thanks to the Colossus Amos. Uh, that's What's good. next? Who will step up to challenge that? Right. And then 
a WrestleMania rematch, Sheamus versus Riddle for the United States Championship. There you go. There's always there at go. least one rematch. Sometimes right. multiple. Let's see how <laughs> there, close we get when the show actually happens. That there's like your a, Raw preview. That sounds so. I am legit curious happen. tonight when we do Raw, when we do uh, our Raw recap live on Twitch and then uh, VOD on YouTube. Uh, I'd like to know uh, how much of that. How close we got. How close, how close we, we got. got. <laughs> Maggie's already got. given us a 10 out of 10. Nice. Uh, uh, answer some questions, yeah? Yeah, let's answer some questions. We've got ourselves a All thread right. on the Twitter. So if anybody in our Twitch chat right now has some questions, uh, if you want to head over to our Twitter account, at RealGoingInRaw, that's where the thread is. Uh, it's the last thing we posted, so... Uh, so get them in right now. Patrick Sparks, yep. first yep. up, the B-Man. This is a great question. If you were privy to backstage information, production meetings, or interactions between stars and families, what would you most be into knowing about for Mania? For me, it's easy. It is after the matches, especially the emotional ones. I'm talking about Sasha and Bianca, uh, Drew and Bobby Lashley. I want to see the interaction between the opponents after they come backstage. We saw when Bianca came backstage, you know, Montez sort of lifting up raw her feet and, and embracing her. She seemed very, very emotional at the time. Even that, that brief little video of Sasha, just yeah, not being able to contain yeah. her happiness. I'd like to see know, the, the first time the first time they meet up backstage and what they say mm -hmm. to each other. That's to me, mm -hmm. and especially like Drew and and Bob Lashley, two guys who do have similar past, been around forever. It's kind of different. So, uh, Bianca's only been around for a little while, and this is a five I mean, years, five, five years. years, and this is obviously you know tons of emotion to deal with. Bob Lashley and Drew McIntyre been around a little bit longer than that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm curious about what their interaction would be like. That's the kind of stuff that I'd like to see. Um, I'm always fascinated by the creative process, so not just decisions made, why they're made how information is relayed from creative to the producers to the talent in terms of the story beats they want hit in the match. That stuff I find fascinating. Endlessly yeah, fascinating. Yeah. And then how everybody collaborates to construct that story and tell it. That's mm -hmm. what I'd love to see. That's still the one thing in professional wrestling that we don't see very often, you know? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's I know. The, that's the mystery in it still for me. I know. I know. Like I can kind of put together just based on watching how it works. But, you know, apart from that one it was like on Rolling Stone, well, they had a thing about the Young Bucks, mm, and they yeah, were backstage awesome. at a Ring of Honor show talking to uh, Lij and yeah. setting up a match. It was something else, man. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Uh, to see that stuff. Connor, I still think Orton getting emotional was the best entrance. What was the best entrance in your opinion? Love listening to you two have since Machinima. Yeah, a lot of a lot of talents were obviously very overwhelmed with emotion coming out onto the stage with the the fans in attendance. Uh, you could tell Orton was just soaking it in. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it was it, the, the, it's not exactly an entrance, but it, yeah. it was prior to a match. It's, it's when Bianca and yeah. Sasha were getting emotional before their match began. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with that one. A hundred percent. I thought that was something really special and mm -hmm. you could either even see, you know, Sasha was trying to heal it up, but in that moment you can tell on her face that she was like, man, you know, this is really special, especially for her opponent in that moment. I thought that was great. I thought that was that was mm -hmm. that to me was like moment of moment of the of of WrestleMania right there mm -hmm. was was that mm -hmm. moment right there. Um, mm -hmm. And my Agreed. secondary moment, of course, would be uh, during the national anthem, Otis uh, swinging his hips. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
David DLC in the promo for next year's Mania, they just said April of 2022, but no date. Do you think they change their minds and make it a two night event? I do not. They have said pretty firmly that it's a one night event. Although I would be totally. The initial announcement they did, yeah, they could change it. They could, I mean, as long as the dates are available, in theory, they could change it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I would love them to do that. I, I really like the two night thing. I really do. Uh, Luis, how much creative control does Bray Wyatt really have? What percentage of the booking last night was his, and how much was Vince's? I'm sure it's collaborative. Um, I would I would think that Bray probably has more input into his creative than most talent probably does. The exact percentage I I can't speculate, but I would suspect that he's got a pretty heavy hand in whatever he does. It's it's it is really difficult to speculate without having some footage or or, or interviews in terms of like what it's all yeah. about. But if you were to speculate, I would suggest this, especially given what we saw last night. Vince probably says, hey, this person's got to go over. Okay. Like in last last night's case, hey, Randy Orton has to go over. Whatever else, just figure it out. You know? Like, hey, RKO and you got to eat the pin, but you can figure out everything else uh, to keep whatever story you want to keep going, going. Because it's, it's clear that Wyatt is doing something here. He is telling some mm-hmm. story here with The Fiend. Um and it's just a matter of like you know him getting the beats that he wants to get in, uh, but uh, but I, maybe a guy like Bray has just understood. Hey, I've come up with a character who wins and losses mean less than the story that I'm telling, and so in that respect, he could be a bit more malleable with things. And it's like if Vince says, you know, for three months, hey, you're going to win at Mania, and then let's say the day of, he's like, hey, I changed my mind. Orton needs to go over here because he's going to challenge Lashley first. Then it's like, okay, good to know. I'll book it that way, and I can still tell the story that I want to tell. You know, but there could be the possibility that kind of the inverse is true, where Vince in this situation, despite evidence seemingly the contrary, would be the one that's a bit malleable to a degree. Where where Wyatt can look at the you know what he has laid out in terms of whatever this macro story he wants to tell, and sees in this instance and says, okay, for the story I want to tell, it makes sense for Orton to win here, not mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah, because this is going to lead to something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I, Vince seems much more like you know keeping things simplistic in terms of oh he's got to go over, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this guy's got to go over here. You know, oh you're the bad guy, so he's going to go over. I, I would I would suspect just in my in my heart, I just sort of feel like Vince is probably the simple guy who's like yeah oh he's got to go over. He's the big guy. Oh he's got to go over. And then Bray's like okay well, whatever I'll just keep on telling the story. Yeah whatever pal. Um, but I don't know. Again, that stuff would be interesting to know. Exactly. Be interesting to know that stuff. Because I don't fascinating, know. Fascinating. Greg Morris is WWE's track record for decent follow through is spotty at best. Where the chances Bray emerges from the story on good footing. See, I hope there is no emerging from this story. He's been telling this story for a very long time and he mm-hmm. doesn't really emerge from it. He just keeps on telling the story. And I'm down with that. If it continues for five, ten years, however long he's doing it, if he just keeps on evolving this story and he's like, hey, Vince, who's who who do you want me to take on next? All right. Well, now I want you to say now that you're done with Orton, take on. uh, I don't know. Drew, you know, Okay, Drew's open to seemingly a lot of stuff. Let's bring Drew in here and see what we can come up with. Pitch it to Vince and Vince will say, well, hey. Drew's a big name. He's got to go over in the end. Okay, well, let's figure that out so that I can keep on evolving and telling my story. Yeah, yeah, 
you know, and, and there's certain aspects, I mean, pretty much in virtual every aspect, especially of the, v, of the Fiend character, that I tried to make this point last night, I think, talking about the match where Bray is really, he's working with a character that doesn't really meld well with the tropes of pro wrestling in terms of pro wrestling story is typically told, especially in WWE. Mm-hmm. And so when he's doing these things that are telling a macro story within the confines of pro wrestling storytelling, I can get why it would seem unsatisfying mm-hmm. because fans are used to a certain level of payoff. But when there's a match like this, which you'd expect payoff at the end, and you don't get a satisfying payoff in terms of the conclusion of the match itself. Mm-hmm. Not whatever story is going on outside of the ring. Yeah. You know, so when the match ends with an RKO and Fiend gets pinned right there, and you're just like, okay, well, we've seen Fiend eat like 10 finishers in a match. He doesn't get pinned. Why? Mm-hmm. And there's not easy answers there. Yeah. Answers will come. I yeah. have no doubt about it. But when we're used to a certain level of payoff and we don't get it, I understand why people be frustrated by that. You know, the theme kind of exists as a character that doesn't really fit well with the company you know, with yeah. pro wrestling's in a lot of respects. Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, he's a horror movie. Oh. Villain. Um, and it'll be inter- I one another thing that'll be very interesting to see what Orton does next, and if you know the typical well, people who face the fiend are changed afterwards yep. Yep. to see if he does anything different. You know, I mean, he's been in this thing with Bray for a long time. Obviously, he's really into whatever Bray's doing. I wonder if to pay respect to that idea that you're changed after the fiend, he would change up something about some aspect of his character presentation, what have you. Um, Because that has been also the interesting thing is watching characters that Bray comes uh, uh, into, Mm -hmm. you know, has interactions with, you know, like Finn Balor, like uh, 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 Seth Rollins, like uh, uh, Daniel Bryan you know, change what's going on with mm-hmm. their characters mm-hmm. after the fact. It'd be really, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what Orton does. But yeah, no, I dig it, man. I mean, he's telling a story. Somebody asked here, uh, I think it was Zondo, said, was Goldberg part of the story? My thing is this. I think that Bray, you know, Goldberg walked in, said, hey, I can't lose to a monster. All right, well, the match has to go on, change of pace. Bray rolled with it. He lost to Goldberg, made it part of the story. That's why The Fiend is such an interesting character because it's malleable. You can do that. It's like, okay, well, now I now I have to get creative and figure out why did I lose to Goldberg, you know? Mm-hmm. Or at least reference mm-hmm. it, figure it out. I'm cool with that. I think that's 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 pretty decent. Uh, Alex Foster, if you guys were involved in a match at Mania as celebrities, who would you trust to carry you to a good safe match? It is actually probably the Miz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Miz and Morrison. It's exactly Miz and Morrison. It totally Miz doesn't is. work stiff. He doesn't have a like a a, a high impact move set. Yeah, it's the Miz. He's like Miz uh, is kind of like the perfect guy to walk opposite. We'll he's sports opposite entertainment one hundred and one is what Miz. He is. really is. Yeah, absolutely. He really is. Yeah. It's pretty cool seeing everybody uh, give. You know, like I haven't been too into the Miz's current run. Yeah. Um. Just because, and it's not his fault per se. It's just like they're, he, they're he and Morrison are booked as buffoons more often than not. Mm-hmm. And especially when you, you're trying to make the Miz into WWE Championship material, it just doesn't work for me. But you know, hats off to, the, to both Miz and Morrison going out there and and helping Bad Bad Bunny look like a million bucks in that match, man. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. They yeah. did everything, everything to get him over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, dude, the Miz is he's the most professional guy. You know, I mean, when he when he makes. When he was making the case during that episode when he lost the title to Bob Lashley about, man, when he's talking to Shane, 
I check all the boxes. Who else can host? Who else can have a reality show? Who else can do every single uh, talk show there is? Who can, you know, is, is press friendly? Uh, you know, who never takes days off? Who's never injured? I'm everything you, you look for. That's, that's legit. That's real. Like, he's built that resume to that point. Does it mean I'm entertained by him in builds like that? No. I mean, it's just not, it's not something that interests me. Uh, all that stuff that he was doing with Morrison, it bores me sometimes. But uh, but yeah, if you're a celebrity, you come in. Miz is absolutely your guy. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Jason Lewis, who do you feel had the biggest drop off from last year's Mania? And who is most likely to do so this year? So let's just focus on people who were on the card last year and on the card this year. All right, let me load up. Hold on, I'm going to load up some results here from WrestleMania. I'm going to say this, and it's not a slight to his match yesterday, but it's Bray Wyatt because Firefly Funhouse is one of the most impressive feats of pro wrestling storytelling I have ever seen. Firefly um, Funhouse match is an art is basically an art film. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and the worry was putting him in a in a standard wrestling match against Randy Orton at WrestleMania, especially after what we saw at WrestleMania 33, mm-hmm. that it could be a bit of a dud. I don't think mm-hmm. it was a dud. I think it was better than what they did at 33. Mm-hmm. But I would understand, as I mentioned earlier, what people would find find the ending unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Again, Firefly Funhouse, brilliant. Brilliant. A masterful achievement in, in pro wrestling storytelling. And then you just kind of have a pretty standard match uh, to open the show with some intriguing story elements to, at the conclusion of the match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. He did have like an all-time great sort of wrestling short film at mania last year. I wonder if, I mean that the the thing is like, that wouldn't have been the case obviously had pandemic not been a thing. Um, So it's just sort of happenstance. Now they're live. They weren't going to do another cinematic because they're live. He did what he Mm -hmm. could for the live match. Um, I would say like, like in terms of people who were on the card last year, Still on the card this year, and I'm not talking about the SmackDown preceding WrestleMania. So you take out the entire SmackDown tag division. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, guys like Angel Garza. Uh, I would say the person that's fallen the most would be. Uh, I had the name right here. Where is it? Uh, Bailey, which is still a really odd, curious thing. That Bailey mm-hmm. was not in a match uh, at WrestleMania. Don't know what the story is there. I have my suspicions that there is some sort of story there that'll be told one day. That was that was night two that I'm looking at. Let me go to night one and see. Uh, I mean, last year Braun Strowman beat Goldberg for the Universal Championship. He was in a pretty fun thing with Shane this year. I know a lot of people yeah. crapped all over it, but the match itself. I don't know. He's in there with Shane. I mean, Shane's been in there with The Undertaker. He's been in there with some high-profile matches. Shane, we might not think so, but Shane's a pretty high-profile guy. Yeah. Um, those are kind of the same. Uh, All right, let's I'm, talk next year. Who Who is someone who was in a match this year that's going to be in something lower-profile next year? Oh, man. I hope it's not Bob Lashley. Yeah, I hope, I hope it's not that Bob Lashley, and I hope it's not Oscar. I hope that yeah, that's a good point. I hope that Bob yeah, Oscar's probably more likely. Uh, I hope that Bob Lashley isn't. You know, I guess I ended up being right that he's just peeking with Vince right now. 
Um, but I hope that Vince now considers Bob Lashley on par with Drew McIntyre in terms of I see this guy as a consistent main roster, uh, main event guy. I see him as constantly mm-hmm. threatening for the title, and I see him as a guy who could beat Brock Lesnar if they bring Brock yeah. Lesnar back, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I think that I see him that way. I think, man, booking that hurt lock the way they did, that solidified that as the move to beat right now, as the submission hold to beat mm-hmm. in pro wrestling mm-hmm. right now. Um. Somebody, yeah, Oscar. Oscar's the answer. Like you know, uh, hopefully it's not her. Hopefully it's not her. Yeah, I hope not. Hope not. Uh, where was I here? Um, NJWP and the years to come. What will go down as the more important main event? The women's triple threat from Mania Thirty Five or the Banks versus Bel Air main event? Oh man. two women of color main event in WrestleMania. It's kind of a huge deal. It's, it is huge. It is huge. But then three women wrestle. I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I get sort of my gut says Sasha Bianca, but man, I just don't know. I don't know. I, it's probably going to be on par to be honest with you. It's probably going to be on par with yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know that one is going to be considered more important. I mean, the first the first time three women, you know, uh, women main event at WrestleMania, that might be the thing. But uh, but they're both pretty big deals. They are. They are huge deals. Uh, Nick, which WWE wrestler or wrestlers should be on the cover of the WWE 2K22? Raw Gate Mutant. Well, that's what we are doing a going in raw special edition. Light speed, warp speed, ice cream man. Um, oh, pff, ice cream man! That guy Beefy really does. held his own, man. Ice cream man Beefy really does. held his own. Flesh uh, Lenny, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Kenny Omega. <laughs> Flesh back Daniel Bryan for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so for um, reals, new day should be the new day. That's a good answer. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna say. Uh, you know what they should do? You know what you do for 2K22, bring it back to Raw versus SmackDown. And you have Bob Lashley on one side, Roman Reigns on the other side. That's what I want to see. All right, that's good too. That's good too. Uh, Hall of Famer Christian, uh, what shows post-Mania takeover direction are you most excited uh, towards seeing SmackDown, Raw, or NXT. And then, you know, I should actually point this out. It should be Drew, I'm sorry, Roman and Bobby, and then, of course, with them, it should be, or also there, it should Carrie be Cross, yeah. Bianca and uh, oh, yeah. Becky. Rhea. Oh, Becky. Rhea's, okay. Yeah, Becky. Becky. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry, so what, was question? Question? What, what shows, uh, what shows the creative direction you're most looking forward to seeing Postmania and TakeOver, SmackDown, Raw, or NXT? Well, I'm partial to NXT. I'm curious to see what they're going to do now without having to worry about direct competition. Um, I'm curious to see if it's going to loosen things up, if it's going to, you know, maybe some more creative freedom. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what NXT is going to do. I'm going to see if maybe Raw can use, uh, you know, some of the changes to generate some fresh creative stories 
and mm-hmm. uh, and maybe their show won't be such a slog. So yeah, I'm I'm interested in that. SmackDown usually is pretty decent. Uh, and I mean, you know, Roman's still going to be the A story there. Uh, Bob Lashley's a relatively new champion, so now that he has gotten through this uh, big hurdle, we will have some new direction there. What's next for Roman? Kind of curious about that, but I don't mm-hmm. know. They might with WrestleMania backlash happening. It it might just be par for the course for the next month. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? That's so weird. They branded it that way. It's very strange. Um, I wonder I if it's a, I wonder if it's a Peacock branding decision. Maybe you know. Kind of want to see if SmackDown can get back on track creatively because there was that stretch where they were week in week out. It was really good. It was mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, and I think once they introduce Edge, this is not a slight Edge by stretch of imagination. Once they introduce Edge into the show to feud with Rowan, it seems at first they didn't know what they really wanted to do with that, and it wasn't quite clicking until they brought Daniel Bryan in. And and I don't know. I kind of it feels like when SmackDown is working well, or the A story in SmackDown is working well, the whole show works well. And if the A story isn't working, the mm-hmm. whole show suffers. Mm-hmm. It's been that way for a long time. I don't know why that's the case with SmackDown. Maybe it's not as noticeable on Raw because Raw is just kind of mid to begin with, you know. Sure, yeah. yeah when the yeah, A yeah. story is clicking, I don't know. Yeah, but it's far more noticeable on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, Tom talks rubbish. Daniel Bryan needs an NXT run before he retires. Pick five current NXT superstars for him to feud with during one year in NXT. Peter Dune. Oh Kushida. man, Kushida. Yeah, Gargano. Um, uh, Tyler Bate, Walter, oh, man. dude, give him, give him a year and, uh, give him a year in UK Walter. Did you already say Walter? Yeah. I said Walter, Tyler Bate, uh, Gargano, Pete Dunn and Kushida. Sorry. I'm watching this sequence, uh, uh, with, uh, Brian edge and Roman. <laughs> It's it's so awesome. What that was like, that was so. It was great. really good. Roman's reaction to it all. So, so because somebody noticed here, uh, who said this? I'm just trying to do something. Said, so did anyone notice oh, that Roman tapped tapping. while Edge? So yeah, his his hand does start tapping at Roman at at Edge's leg. Oh, I'm I'm watching it again while they're both sort of fighting over him. You do actually see him tap a little bit while they're arguing. Uh, but his, his, his facial shirts when, when, when Edge has him. I know. And Daniel Bryan's locking it on. Roman's facial expression is so amazing. It's, it's so, so great. So I'm watching right now. Edge is like, let go, let go, let go. That he headbutts him. He headbutts him again. Daniel Bryan headbutts back. They start headbutting each other. And he see Roman do this. And I don't know if that's a sign to them for some reason. Or if, or if that's supposed to be a story beat where, you know, gotcha, on the very gotcha. sly, you see him sort of tap. But it's just like yeah. two little two little movements here. Interesting, interesting. Stu, uh, Stu says he was tapping for Edge to move the pipe. That could be, it seems, more of a communication thing than a story yeah, beat. Yeah. 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 Uh, Samuel L. Bronkowitz, uh, what's the over-under on debuts or returns tonight on Raw? <sighs> two max. I feel like it's two max. Yeah, dude, I kind of feel like it's like the over-under is like, you know, one and a half, you know, that kind of thing. It's yeah. like, yeah. I think it's, I don't think it's going to be, I mean, maybe, maybe we'll get EO. I hope they surprise me. I hope every segment's a surprise, you know, pop me yeah. every, every segment, damn it. Well, it will be a surprise because they haven't announced anything for it yet. <laughs> That's, yeah, true, true. 
Uh, oh, this is a great question. Coach John Pliskin. Who would you rather party with? Bone Street Crew or The Click? Oof. For me, it's The Click. It's The Click, and that's pretty easy because I feel like they just sort of, they, they might get drunk and just talk a lot about wrestling. You know, and for that's if true. nothing else, Triple H is going to be sober the whole time. That's true. That's true. I don't, I don't know yeah, what Bone Street answer. Crew's up to, man. I don't know what they're up to. They play dominoes. They play dominoes. I'm not huge into dominoes. Uh, Dalen Dula, Space Enforcer, takes you home and you await the arrival of the friendos. Within minutes, portals open up and uh, before you and dozens of three-foot rat people pour ah. out. You try to use your influence to appeal to them, but they're offended by your rejection and start nibbling at your exposed toes. The sheer numbers quickly become overwhelming. Space Enforcer pulls out a bag of cheese to distract them, buying you just enough time to think uh, for a moment. is simple. Result of this conflict in War Games. What a terrible idea. Says there's another one. Yeah, the friendos agree to your terms and set up the four-on-four match for Friday. They reveal their team very quickly. For very jacked rat people, almost twice the size of the others. Well, the others are three feet. So these are six feet jacked rat people. What wrestlers do you recruit for your team? So it's four on four. You and I are participants in this match? Yeah, I guess so. Damn it. So we need two. I mean, dude, I'm going with Brock and Braun. I'm going with the two biggest dudes that there are. I'll do uh, Brock and Keith Lee. Okay, that's cool. Gareth, will John Morrison and The Miz remain as a duo? What will it take to finally split those two apart? Any possibility Morrison makes the move to NXT? I I really want that to be one of the segments tonight. It's You get one last dirt sheet and Morrison uh, 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 gives a, a starship pain to Miz. That's what I want. I agree. He needs to he needs to get away from he needs to run away from Miz. Mm hmm. Uh, Inferno Death No. Uh, how long should Bob Lashley have W Championship, and who should be the one to take it off him? He says was personally thinking a program oh, with Keith yes. Lee. I think Keith Lee would be great to take it off him at WrestleMania 38. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to do something. One more question: Which cash-in would personally pop you more, Edge cashing in on, after a Roman Brock match, or Seth cashing in on Edge after Edge beats Roman? Uh, Probably Edge cashing in. It'd be Edge cashing in. It'd be Edge cashing in. I think, uh, especially if there's going to be fans at Money in the Bank, that would blow the roof off the place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Adcox, after Roman's win at Mania, are we going to see him lose that title anytime soon? Does he continue this rampage, and how do you keep things fresh? Oh, man. Uh, you do need some additional twists and turns for Roman. Um, I could see the Edge cash-in thing happening. I could see that happening at, like, SummerSlam, possibly. I think that'd blow the roof off any place. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know who Roman's going to face at Money in the Bank, but I guess it's possible it could happen there as well. Um but yeah, or even hey, you know what? What about uh, Roman versus Bobby Lashley at Survivor Series, and then Edge cashes in there? You know, mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. could be kind of cool too. That could be cool. How that do you keep cool. things fresh? I mean, I think Roman's going to have that title for a long time, save like a cash in from Edge, maybe. 
But uh, I don't know. You got to add wrinkles to the story. You got to, you know, bring Jimmy back when he's ready. You got to yep. maybe add other people to the faction. Uh, you got to play with the characters that you have and really mix things up. You got to throw some plot, you know, some plot twists in there. Yeah. I think once Jimmy uh, returns, it'd be really interesting to see how he alters the dynamic between Jay and Roman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Newman. alone will freshen things up. I agree. Uh, Newbin Company, what's next for Asuka, Sasha Banks, and Bailey? He says he sees Bailey feuding with the Bellas. Sasha should be on season three of The Mandalorian. And as for Asuka, uh, he thinks she needs some time off TV and get her uh, uh, oh teeth fixed in the next six months. Is that like a major thing that she's going to need because of the tooth I that thought, Shana did? Well, I thought she just I read that it was going to take six months for the damage that was caused to fully heal up. Oh, but she doesn't need to take time off from. I don't think she. I mean, she just had a pretty physical match. Um, Oscar. Oscar needs a. She needs to go heal and like kind of a. I was thinking about this last night. I was like, you know, it'd be really cool if Alistair Black was the Alexa connection. I think it'd be awesome for him because he needs a high profile thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but like, what if Oscar got into that mix as well? Could you imagine what if Oscar was sort of, she's very colorful, like aesthetically speaking, you know, very, everything is very colorful with her. Could you imagine her if they, if they basically rebranded her aesthetically, like Alexa was last night, how awesome would that look? And what if she started spraying like black mist, you know, it's like, give her something really cool like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do some supernatural stuff with her. I don't know. I think there's all something. sorts of things you could do with her, but they need to do something, you know? Exactly. Not just exactly. the same old, same old. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know what's next for Sasha and Bailey. I mean, they had that great feud the latter half of last year. And then when Sasha won, it kind of was like, all right, well, Bailey, we don't really have a whole lot for you. Mm-hmm. Especially post Rumble. They basically have had nothing for her. I know. It's been it's been it's been weird. Again, it's hard to speculate given that you don't, you know, we don't have all the information. There doesn't exactly. seem to be anything obvious, which means that you would think it's either creative or it's something personal. We just don't know. Um, as far as, yep. uh, you know, Sasha, uh, I don't know. I mean, dude, maybe Sasha and Bailey, now that Sasha's a bad guy again, maybe Sasha and Bailey get back together and, and make Bianca's life a living hell, you know, and then you get the triple threat at like, I don't know, uh, money in the bank or, uh, or SummerSlam, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Jamie Devlin with Mania now in the books, and it's that time of year again. Pick two men, two women, and two tag teams to move from NXT, from NXT to Raw and SmackDown, one of each to each show, and then replace them on NXT with NXT UK talent. So okay. two men from NXT, one to Raw, one to SmackDown. Uh. Two tag teams from NXT. NXT doesn't have tag teams to offer up, so I'm going to cheat. Fair. I know. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. Uh, British Strong Style go to NXT Prime, right? Or you'd send them straight up from NXT UK to to Maine. I'm I'm saying yeah. I'm going to take Pete Dunn, who's already on NXT. I'm going to take Mustache Mountain, British Strong Style, go to Raw. Okay, that's what I would okay. do. Okay. Uh, send Finn to SmackDown. I think a program between him and Roman would be really great. It'd be that'd be awesome. 
that'd be, be really, really good. Yeah, Especially and right then, now, the character Finn's got where he really takes no shit from anybody. There's a I lot of great. Play. There's a lot of great matchups there. You got Finn and Roman. You got Finn and Daniel Bryan. Finn mm-hmm. and Edge. I mean, Edge said he was curious about you know fighting Finn. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of great stuff there for him. Uh, women. Two women from NXT to to male. Io. Io to Raw. Io. Yeah. And then. Would you do EO to Raw or EO to SmackDown? That's tough. I'm not sure. I would say SmackDown because EO can be EO is very versatile. She could be a face or a heel, so she can take on Bianca, but then she could also take on Sasha. You know, mm-hmm. she could be like any number of things. She's just EO. Um, pick. And then uh, let's see here. Another guy from. Oh, yeah, we already got Finn. Okay. Well, that's fine. I think those are all good answers. Seeing if there's any other. I'm going to reload this really quick. Just see if there's any more. Uh, Let's see. One more question here. Shulman. Oh, what? Nope, not that. Uh, let's see here. I thought I saw one here. Yeah, I thought I saw one too. In chat, in our Twitch chat. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Haha Jackson. Vince decided the best way is to retell the storyline between Hart and Austin. The best way, what? Uh, who do we cast in both roles? Current wrestlers. Okay, so if you did uh, Bret Hart and Steve Austin, best way to get somebody over, what would you do? If they could find a really good foil for Roman, have Roman the Stone Cold role and whoever this other person is in the Bret Hart role and have a double turn. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Like the first person that's really... Uh, Given Roman fits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Walter. Uh yeah, Walter. Let's see here. Oh, Walter. Go. That's Walter. We should have we should have sent Walter to to uh SmackDown. Uh or Raw. I think Walter's a raw guy. Walter. Uh okay, and then we'll do this last one. Zondo says, Do you think the finish of the triple threat sets up an edge versus Brian stipulation match at WrestleMania Backlash? It better not be another rematch. Those fools got humiliated. They got stacked. They were humiliated. Neither of those guys should be in a title match anytime soon. They got stacked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see how either of them are going to get a... No, I, don't... I think Edge is gone for a while. I think he's gone for a while. I think after Mania, he's, he's gone for a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least till SummerSlam, or build to SummerSlam. Oh, that's a great answer. MHJ says, Becky in the Brett role, Rhea in the Austin role. I like that. That's good. Mm-hmm. 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 That's good. Uh, let's see here. Okay, this last one here. Stuzo says, is the lack of fans after having them for two shows going to be worse effect on Raw and ratings rather than usual, rather than the usual bad writing? No, I think the Raw after Mania will get a bump. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a lot of new stuff happening, so I, th- I hope that'll help. Hopefully they, you know, they, they get it right creatively speaking. Yeah. Um, I mean, from a from a from a fan standpoint, watching it, 
Yeah, it's going to be a bummer going back to no fans. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, you know, if if I, I understand, you know, it's going back to Jericho's point about how wrestling in front of fans is completely different than not. Um, you know, if, if as we saw during stretches of SmackDown this year, if the creative's good, if they find ways to to make the best of the the situation with fans not being there, like contract signings where there's no no one's holding a mic, that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff you can only do in the Thunderdome. You can't do that with no fans there because people in house would be able to hear a word you're saying. Um, take advantage of the storytelling aspect of the situation you're in. Find ways to use that to your benefit. And I think you know it can still make for a decent TV. Yeah, SmackDown has been SmackDown went through a long stretch where they were pretty decent. They didn't have fans, so it could totally be done. Um, but uh, but yeah, that energy that energy really is not really replaceable. No. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it. Hopefully, you'll join us tonight for our live Raw recap after the show. Yes. Thanks for watching. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Help support Going In Raw today by becoming a Friendo Club TV member. You'll get access to new bonus episodes every week, including Friendo Club Arcade, Live Power Rank, Vintage 10 for the Wins, and Ask Steven Larson. Get access to Friendo Club TV today by becoming a $5 and up patron at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson, by throwing us a sub at twitch.tv forward slash Steven Larson, or by clicking join at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson. has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.